remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I'm one of your friends, Dave. We're joined, as, our, as always, by our other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? Hey, I'm not doing too shabby. Um, I, have a, I have a weird craving for, for rolls, but um, otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Rolls, huh? Yeah, I went to a, a restaurant this weekend called, uh, oh, fuck, what was it called? Uh, it's like it's one of those places where they throw rolls at you. Um, mm, yeah. It's in uh, Foley, Alabama. It was really good. I cannot remember what the hell it's called. Um, shit. Well, anyways, they have really good rolls. Super good. And I, I want like 20 of them right now. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Carbo look. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for joining us. And uh, I apologize if you are now craving rolls as well. That's Sykes' fault. That's on him. For, for. Uh, I'm kind of wanting rolls myself now, but um, we are uh, this week. We are reviewing Here for Blood, which will be out on Screenbox on February 9th. Uh, we will be giving pretty much a spoiler free review. We're just going to give feedback, our feelings. We're not going to really spoil any of the plot points since we're uh, well ahead of the release date of this movie. Uh, but we did get a screener link for it and wanted to review it. So that's coming up later in this show. Uh, one thing that we did want to drop is that we are now a Super 7 collaborator. That means if you go on to Super 7 and place your order, when you go to checkout, use the promo code Dave Dynasty when ordering. Uh, they didn't give me any any uh, opportunity to create the promo code. They, they just gave me that based on my email. So it is what it is. Sorry, Hike, <clears throat> you're not mentioned in the Super 7 promo code. But, uh, but it, it doesn't save you any money or anything else, but we do get a little kickback. So if you're going to order – any of the cool merchandise that Super 7 offers, then just use that promo code and uh, help us out. Um, before we get into things, we'll give a special thanks to our wives, Monica and Kayla, for all their support and all they do. Uh, I, I say it every week. I promise they're going to be back on soon. We have uh, lots of segments and where, uh, that we like to do. We have to cycle through, and we're actually going to be debuting a new one next week. We'll see what we think of that one when we uh, when we unveil it next episode. Now, before we get into everything, we did do a poll on the good old X and N Instagram. Uh, we asked the question, should Scream 7 move forward or just pause and give it some time? And uh, the fans voted for 69% of you said to just stop, just give it time and just put it on the shelf. 31% of you said, go ahead and make it. And uh, I, I think that's uh, we're kind of we kind of side with that as well. We've had this discussion that, hey, maybe it's time just to. To just pause and, and let it breathe for a bit and try to regroup uh, because it, it still seems like it's in shambles. Nobody seems to know what's going on over there. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with the, our viewers, our listeners. Uh, at this point, with everybody who's been dropped from the project and or, you know, left the project, I, I think at this point making another movie would be making a movie to simply make a movie. And that's just not going to work. That shit ain't going to fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we discussed Dev Campbell said she is open to coming back if the situation were right and everything else. But right. I, I can't imagine right now that they're going to be able to present a project to her. That's going to make her say, Oh yeah, I need to do that. Uh, but I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, we've said it in the past, you know, if they can get, you know, Dev Campbell on board, if they can get, you know, Courtney Cox to stay on board if they can, you know, maybe bring back uh, Matthew Lillard or whatever else, you know, I mean, hey, they, they might be able to salvage something. I don't know how they will explain the, uh, you know, the others not being there. I, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of sad that, you know, it was a, a property that, you know, no matter what you thought of the last movie, I mean, at least it was vibrant and active and things are going on and it was exciting and Man, the wheels fell off very quickly for that. On that, so yeah, no kidding. The, the wheels went straight off that bus. Let's let's be real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we we concur with you guys that uh, maybe it's time just to uh, just to let it breathe for a bit and, and come back later when we've regrouped. Um, but to, you know, I don't know. Who knows what, what what they'll do? I mean, if they 
push forward with the movie, they're going to they're risking the chance of, you know, will it succeed? You know, well, given all this stuff that's going on, will it will people go see it? I mean, yes, some will. Hell, I will. I'll still go see it. But but will they get, you know, the, the kind of box office return that they they need? So who knows? So uh, before we get to our weekly segment, Ike, did you watch anything this week? Uh, honestly, I didn't watch a whole, whole lot. Um I'm still watching, of course, uh, the originals. Um, and uh, it's not a horror movie, but I, I did go and watch uh, mean, mean Girls uh, in, mo- in theaters yesterday with my wife. Um, and, and, like, I don't really remember the original Mean Girls. Like, I know it has Lindsay Lohan in it, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember a whole lot about it. So I kind of went into this movie with a fresh mind, and uh, it wasn't too shabby. It wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. It is a musical Um which I don't remember the original movie being a musical. So my, my wife had to explain to me that it, there's, there was a musical made for Mean Girls. And this is just the cinematic adaptation of that. So, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was pretty solid. I'll take your word for it. I'm good. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't have any desire to see Mean Girls. Uh, I, I didn't, didn't really care for the original. Uh, just not my type of movie. But uh, so... Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Uh, let's see. I did watch a couple of movies. I caught up on a couple of Shutter movies that I was wanting to see. Uh, I did watch uh, the 2023 uh, movie Suitable Flesh, which had Heather Graham in it, Barbara Crampton. Uh, was not too bad as an adaptation of a H.P. Lovecraft movie, uh, and it was ooh, it was pretty trippy and uh, pretty pretty cool. I, I'd suggest watching it. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's pretty decent. It's uh, pretty pretty good. And then I did watch the the movie Destroy All Neighbors on Shutter that just came out. I've heard a lot about it, and um, it was it was also pretty good. It was a uh, had had a lot of com- comedy in it. It was a little goofy, but it was uh it definitely had some moments where it made me kind of laugh, and uh, it, it it was pretty funny. But uh, of the two, I would I, I'd suggest Suitable Flesh first. Uh, I really enjoyed that, so that's my recommendation. My Shutter recommendation for the week is Suitable Flesh. Very good. I I just looked it up on IMDb. It looks pretty good. It is. I am. A, I, I love Heather Graham. I love Barbara Crampton. And it, uh, man, it was. It was good. It was. It really was. It was fun. And uh, um, so again, I, I, I recommend. It's a, it's a. It's a good little flick. So, so all right then. Let's move on to our weekly segment. Two truths and an AI. And this week, we have tapped into Skynet. And we are going to play two truths in an AI. So uh, this is the, the segment where uh, we have three descriptions of movies. Two of them are actual produced movies. And one of them is just a description that uh, is being that has been uh, whatever you call it fabricated by AI. Uh, my wife, Monica, has, has put this together for us so that I have no uh, no knowledge of this going into it. And uh, I read the three to Ike, and we see if he can guess which of the three is an AI-produced description. Bonus points to him if he knows any of the other movies. Actually, we don't keep points, but mad props. <laughs> there you go. Been a few times you, you've known what the other movies are. That's so mad props, Ike. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I will ever be for two troops and an AI. Well, that is that is the best we can expect. So here we go. <laughs> it's, it's the best we can expect for a guy craving roles. That's right. That's right. All right. Here is your first movie description. In a haunting dissertation of society's dependency on consumerism, four survivors survivors struggle to figure out a way to move forward in a world of the undead. So that is your first movie description. Oh, that's for sure. Day of the Dead. That's for sure. Day of the Dead. That does sound awfully like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Number two, in a world ravaged by a mysterious virus that turned people into relentless zombies, a unique community of survivors emerged, a group of deaf individuals who found strength in their shared ability to communicate without words. Okay, that's interesting. That is number two. Number three, strangers looking for young girls missing father. Oh, excuse me. Let me start that again. Strangers looking for a young girl's missing father end up on a tropical island where the inhabitants are undead. So 
we definitely have a little bit of a zombie thing going on here. Yeah, we, we have a we have a zombie theme for sure. Okay. So there you go. There's your three movie descriptions, Ike. It is now your task to guess which of the three is the fake AI produced description. Okay. So this one's hard um, because, well, it's not that hard, but at the same time, depending on what prompts were put into the AI, any three of these could be an AI. Um, not to mention there's a shit ton of zombie movies. True. There, there is an obnoxious amount of zombie movies. So, I mean, there's just <laughs> zombie movies falling down of every producer's ass. True. Absolutely. Or at least once upon a time. Once you know, I I would say that I, that's that's still pretty that still rings pretty true to this day it is it is an epidemic um they still make them I mean it's it's crazy um zombies so, are pretty cool though so oh yeah absolutely I love zombies uh, zombie movies are probably like my second or third favorite horror movie genre behind like slashers and like maybe demon possession movies so yeah I especially like it when they find kind of an interesting angle to come into it a little bit you know not yeah. your not your you know uh, you know, uh, the World War Z thing with it, you know, where they actually weren't like slow and they were actually kind of fast and could run. That was that was kind of terrorizing. There, there's actually a whole TikTok thing where like um, people will they'll post be like when you're getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, but you hear and it'll be like the noise for the, from the zombies from World War Z. And they're <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's, if I hear those zombies, I'm checking out game over for me, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay. All right. <laughs> so do you have any guess? I think I. Three? I think I do. And here, here's my here's my logic. The second one mentions deaf people, which it, it, it's either too specific to be AI or it is too specific because it is AI. Um, I'm well, almost that, that clears it up completely. Ike. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. So the first one, I know for sure the first one, it has to either be Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. I'm pretty sure it's Dawn of the Dead because it says four people because. I mean, it doesn't say where they're escaping from, so I'm, like, pretty positive that the first one's Dawn of the Dead because it said four people, and there's four people in that. Well, it's always good to be pretty when you're positive. That is true. Pretty and positive. I am. I do not know what the second movie is, and I think the third movie could be Zombie Island or any number of those, like, tropical zombie movies that I've made. So, <laughs> um, I, I like, so I'm, like, kind of, like, in between on the two and three I, I my gut is telling me three because but at the same time, it's like it's torn. So, OK, I'm going to go with number three. I'm going to say the third one is the AI. OK, here we go. Then number one, once again, in a haunting dissertation of society's dependency on consumerism four survivors struggle to figure out a way to move forward in a world of the undead. That is Dawn of the Dead from 1978. You are correct. Okay, so, I very good. That, that was pretty easy. That was pretty easy to eliminate. All right. Number two, in a world ravaged by a mysterious virus that turned people into resentless, re, oh, excuse me, relentless zombies, a unique community of survivors emerged, a group of deaf individuals who found strength in their shared ability to communicate without words. That is the AI generated with parameters of deaf people and zombies. Way to go, Monica. Way to throw in the deaf people in there. Yeah, I was going to say, the deaf people threw me off for sure. Number three, strangers looking for a young girl's missing father end up on a tropical island where the inhabitants are undead. That movie is simply called Zombies from 1979. Okay, I have seen I have seen that movie. It's been a long time, but I have seen it. <laughs> uh, there you go. Ike, not starting 2024 off with a bang. I know. I did pretty good last year, but... You did. You did see why people threw me off. <laughs> why, why can't you have that rotten look when we do stump the co- stump the co-host? It's like you use up all your luck and stump the co-host and kick my ass. Apparently, then, fucking, I need the AI in my corner. <laughs> all right. Well, I got beat by the AI this time. It won't happen again, Skynet. I promise. Mm-mm. Next thing you know, the Terminator's coming to save Sarah Connor. Yes, it's John Connor, right? Which one? John is Connor, it? yep. Yeah, John Connor. Well, so. Sarah Connor in the first one, John Connor in the second one, yeah, yeah. and then John Connor's wife in the third one. <laughs> God damn, you're just saving the whole Connor family, isn't he? Appar- apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, you know what? I've watched any of those Terminator films in a while. I love them. I, I have re- either. I need to do a rewatch. There we go. So, All right. Well, let's take a quick pause so that I can go and reach out to Skynet for a little future Stump the Co-host help. 
<laughs> and when we come back, we will have news, birthdays, anniversaries, so you just stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com Screams Shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. And we are back with the news. All right. If, it, so, if anybody cares, Skynet told me no. Sky, Skynet told him no. I, that doesn't surprise me. Skynet's not very nice. They said I have to win by my own merits. And I said, well, I don't have merits. And they said, ha ha ha. <laughs> All right. So, this is why they will win. That is why they will win. They are relentless. All right. Starting us off at the top here, we have the Cohen brothers, Joel and Ethan Cohen to be specific, have written a script and are set to direct a very bloody horror movie. No word or expected release date, but I'll take it. I'll take the word of the Cohen brothers on a very bloody horror movie for sure. Yeah, the Cohen. I mean, the Coens do some quality shit, man. They they make they some good films, and uh, you know, you had me at very bloody. So let's see what they can do. I'm 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 down. So uh, bring it on, Cohens. Let's see what you got. Yeah, and for people who are maybe not super like uh, familiar with them, um, I think they did like the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, True Grit, No Country for Old Men. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I mean, they've done some pretty acclaimed movies, so uh, it'd be it'd be cool to see what they can what they can do uh, with a quote unquote very bloody horror movie. Oh yeah, I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch just about anything once. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we have the first trailer was released for Jordan Peele's next movie, Monkey Man, which is in, which is to be directed by Dev Patel. The movie is set to be released in theaters April 5th. Um, so that's that's actually insane because we originally thought it was going to be a December release. Yeah. Um, and then like it, it disappeared off of like rosters for a while. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, it's going to be April 5th. Sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is wacky. I don't know what's going on. I mean. I mean, we, we thought it came off the calendar because, oh, that's bad news, right? It's going to be later. But, I mean, apparently did it come off the calendar because, oh, we're further along than we thought? Or, or just just hypothesizing here, could we see two Jordan Bill movies oh. in the near future? I don't know. No word on that. I'm just saying. Uh, but I did you happen to watch this trailer at all? I, I didn't. I, I did see Dude, that. Dude, you got to watch it. Dude, it is fucking great. It looks great. I love it. I am I am excited about this movie. It, it looks super it good, and um, you know, I, I, I man, it looks good. I, I'm down. <laughs> he is down. Well, see, I love Jordan Peele, you know, and uh, like anything he makes, ultimately I'm gonna watch. Uh, but also, I love Dev Patel. Um, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, I love, you know, he was in Slumdog Millionaire, which you know, is obviously, he, I don't think he directed that movie specifically. Uh, but you know, he was in that movie. Um, he was also in, uh, I think it was the, the movie about David Copperfield, which was kind of interesting and Chappie. I love Chappie. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's about a robot. It's great. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry. Enough about Dev Patel. He's great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Partnering these two together, man, that's, like I said, it's promising from the trailer, but uh, we'll see what happens. Good shit. But all right. I'll watch that trailer so that way maybe I can comment better mm-hmm. on it next week. But uh, next we have Wolfpack, the werewolf horror series on Paramount Plus, starring Sarah Michelle Geller, has been canceled after only one season. Um, you know, I, I have not watched this yet. Uh, yeah, me neither. But, but I, I'm I'm going to assume that it was canceled for a reason. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. I, like I said, I've not seen any of it. I don't. It was kind of one of those things that I always had. Kind of sitting there, I thought maybe I'll give it a shot here because I love Sarah Michelle Geller and right. I was pretty excited to see her back involved in something horror related, but uh, never got around to it. And man, you know, maybe I won't bother now, but uh, <laughs> it, it is sad. I, you know, I feel for those that, you know, that, that enjoy if they did enjoy the show and liked it, you know, and I don't know. There's, there's still all these rumblings about some sort of reboot, revival, whatever it may be of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, 
and what's really weird is did did you know the production company that uh, that helped produce the original Buffy series <laughs> is the is Dolly Parton's production company. Really? It is so weird. I literally I I wasn't aware of this, and then I saw a headline that says Dolly Parton says Buffy the Vampire Slayer revival is still up or still a possibility. I'm like, is there another Dolly Parton? I'm like, what is what does that mean? And no, no, no. Her production company that she's had for a while had a hand. You know, I mean, I'm sure she's probably just you know an investor in name only. I don't, you know, I'm not saying she was out there with a direct hand in it, but still. If she's, you know, backing to help put, doing it. But anyway, she says that talks are still active to do something with the, the with that property. So that's exciting because you know, I love Buffy. Everyone collectively was like, what the fuck does Dolly Parton have to do with Sabrina? <laughs> but with uh, freaking Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because I you said I, that, I, I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I love Dolly Parton, man. She's one of the best human beings that I've ever seen in my life. She's just she's great. She is spectacular. So, it, yeah, you know what? Sure. She's involved in the production company for Buffy. That makes sense. Whatever. I, I love Dolly Parton too. I, I I think she's honestly I think she's both hilarious but also very wholesome. And I know that I I she had probably has nothing to do with it, but she makes a mean banana cake mix. There's a Dolly Parton uh-huh. banana cake mix, and it is fucking good. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm sure those are you know modeled after you know cakes that she likes and makes and whatever. So uh, whatever. But uh. I don't know. I like Dolly. I, I, I enjoy her music. I enjoy her personality. Uh, she's funny. She, uh, I mean, she's just, she's just a good quality human being. But, uh, and if, you know, hell, if she helped in any way bring the world Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I love her even more. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, what's that song? I, I like that song of hers. Jolene. Oh, you know, what's funny here, here, here. I know this is way off track. You know, she also wrote, I will always love you. Right. This, that I did song, know that. Which obviously became a bigger hit for Whitney Houston. Do you know she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same day? Really? I did not dude, know that. Dude, that's talent. That, that's just – that's a good day. <laughs> Dolly Parton just sat down one day and decided to write two of the b- biggest bangers of her career. Just yeah, Let's do it, guys. That's uh, funny. She's something else. She is. But all right. Enough about Dolly Parton. It's going to make me hungry thinking about banana cake. But uh, <laughs> Banana cake with your rolls. Banana cake with my rolls. That's right. A lot, a lot of carbs. But time, but time this podcast is over, we'll have your whole meal planned out. Amen. Amen. So right uh, now we have we have rolls and we have, uh, what did you say, banana cake? Yeah, banana, banana cake, cake for dessert. So here we go. It's The menu is coming, coming together. So let's Slowly see where this goes. Surely. <laughs> Slowly but surely. All right. And then we also have the final trailer for The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, has been released. The series will mark the return of Rick and Michonne and will premiere on AMC and AMC Plus on February 25th. Uh, For people who have listened to the show for a while, you guys know that both Dave and I are huge Walking Dead fans. Um, I do have a little bit of catching up to do with some of the other shows before I watch this because, as I understand it, the ones who live is supposed to alt. I mean, I don't think it's going to end the series, but it's supposed to definitely be like a culmination of everything that's led up to it. So I, I don't know what's all going to be in it, but I'm hoping to see some, you know, comeback characters from maybe earlier in the show, maybe s- see what happened to Heath. Um, yeah. You know, they just drop that fucker off a bridge and they're like, all right, bye. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm excited for this. I love Andrew Lincoln. I think he does Rick better than anybody else could. And of course, I love Michonne. I love Michonne. Yeah, Michonne. Michonne's the best. I mean, I, Michonne. I've been. A, that's. I'm a huge fan of that since the comic book, right? I mean, that's a great character. And uh, I don't remember. Like, we were in the same theater. Remember, with the same theater when Michonne debuted in that episode, we were watching that in a theater. Remember that? And uh, fucking, it, there's nothing like watching that in a theater full of people and going nuts when Michonne debuts on screen. That is, that was, it was amazing. And uh, was. I do, and it always blew my mind. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, the first time I heard him speaking, he's actually British. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not. No, I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm excited. You know, it's uh, you know, I'm excited when the I love The Walking Dead, how the universe is just growing. I think it's definitely one of those properties that you know you can have that right. You can tell multiple stories and and do all kinds of things with it because you know it's 
it is a it's it's a world, right? So you can do whatever you want, and there's lots of tales. So, but uh, but Rick and Michonne have always been two of my favorite characters, so I'm excited to see them back in. Uh, amen, amen. But uh, no no food references for that one because uh, I don't want anything that comes from The Walking Dead. I don't want any food from The Walking Dead. Mm-mm. Another zombie mention though. Yeah, another zombie mention. There's plenty of those. But uh, this next one, it's very interesting. I have not heard this, but I, I guess this is something that's happening, which I'm here for, man. But uh, a stage adaptation of The Lost Boys is coming soon, titled The Lost Boys, A New Musical. Um, a fun fact about Ike, I, I, I enjoy a good musical. Um, you know, I, I talked about, you know, Mean Girls, but I also saw Willy, uh, the Wonka movie, which was a musical this year. Um, I just generally like musicals like the greatest showman's a good one too. So, um, fun fact about me, I, I, you combine the musical aspect with also the horror movie aspect. I think that'll be, that'll be pretty tight. So I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. I mean, I like a musical when it's done right and everything else. And, uh, the whole world and anybody that's ever listened knows I love the lost boys, <laughs> the lost boys. I mean, outside of, uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula, the lost boys are the pinnacle of vampires for me. They are, they're, they're so fucking cool. They're so, but I mean, come on. I mean, a musical adaptation with the sax guy on the beach playing. Oh, come on. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. You know, I, I, you know, I'm sure this is not anything that I'll ever be able to see in person. Probably who knows where it's playing, but, uh, you know, maybe it'll come out there in some kind of, uh, you know, streaming platform, you know, or whatever. Who knows? I'm this day and age. I'm sure we'll get a chance to see it, but, uh, I'm all for anything lost boys. So. Bring it on. Amen to that. All right. Moving on to some birthdays. Starting us off strong, we have February 3rd, 1970. Warwick Davis, known for the Leprechaun, Willow, Return of the Jedi. Um, Many more. Many more, many more. But we recently talked about the Leprechaun, of course, um, which which is a hilarious movie. Wonderful, wonderful movie. Hilarious, but wonderful. Um, so, of course, we wouldn't have that without Warwick Davis, who gave a hell of a performance as the Leprechaun. Yeah, I love Warwick Davis. I mean, I, yeah, I, I love Leprechaun. Of course, I love Return of the Jedi. Uh, I, I knew, as a kid, I always loved Willow, right? I have I didn't watch the recent series. I heard it wasn't that great, but uh, I, the movie I love. But, uh, yeah, Warwick Davis is, man, he's been lots of lots of movies and stuff that are pretty key in my life. So he's done, he's done lots of Star Wars stuff, right? He was. He was uh, he was wicked in uh, Return of the Jedi, right? The one Ewok. But uh, I was looking at his credits when I put this together, and he man, he's done a lot of Star Wars stuff. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's been in several movies playing different things. So, um, you know, I love him. Warwick Davis is a pretty cool dude. He's just rocking and rolling, doing everything he can. This flooding all of you know pop culture. It's that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. All right. Oh wow, this. Uh, again, the zombies, man. All right, February fourth, nineteen forty, George Romero. Uh, you might know him from Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, many of the Dead movies uh, that you've probably seen. Uh, George Romero, an icon, a legend, uh, one of my favorite directors of all time. Um, you know, just so great. I, I love George Romero. I, I mean, uh, yeah, literally, the, like what the Godfather. I mean, what would you call him? The Godfather of the zombies. I mean, he he's the guy. Yeah. Right. I mean, he is he's the man. Um, he is. We talked so much about certain things and and how they, you know, the like we mentioned, Bella Lugosi and Dracula. That that's the Dracula that pop culture visualizes more than anything, right? And and blah blah blah. George Romero created the standard zombie. I mean, he, th- you know, that's what we think of the. The slow prodding, you know, moaning. That's that's Romero. And um, what's great is there's still still stuff of his that's that's out there being worked on. Right. He had uh, some some screenplays that he had written prior to his death that never got finished, never got made and different things that are supposedly going to going to be going to happen. So it's yeah. it's it's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Romero is uh, you, you can't even you can't even I mean, you we could talk for hours on the his impact on horror and, and the zombie genre. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I actually, one of the first like YouTube videos, cause I think I've talked about this before. I, I did a, uh, I had a, had a little bit of a YouTube stunt where I did like 
you know, conspiracy theories and talked about movies and stuff. Uh, it was under the title Geek Stew. I haven't really done anything with it for a while just because, you know, life's been busy. But um, one of the first things I ever did on there was I, I did like a three-part series about how Night of the Living Dead and George Romero is easily the most important zombie movie just of all time. And um, George Romero arguably being one of the most important people in zombie movies of all time and just horror movies in general. So mm-hmm. I, I very much share that opinion that he, he, if with, if it were not for him, we would not have a, like 70% of the zombie content we have today mm-hmm. for sure. I, yeah. I mean, oh, you know, we, we've already spoke of walking dead. I mean, that's, that's a direct descendant. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, that's just, that's, that's, those are Romero zombies. I mean, let's be, let's be frank that, uh, you know, it's, it's what he created. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what a, what a, what a talent, what a mind. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, moving on to some upcoming movie anniversaries. Starting again, very strong, February 3rd, 2023, Knock at the Cabin. Uh, Knock at the Cabin, of course, was uh, in our list of you know favorite movies from last year. So mm-hmm. um, such a good movie. Love Dave Bautista and Matt. Um, I mean, just so good. Such a good movie. It's underrated, really. I, I don't think enough people talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I, I would agree. Uh, we like I said, we just discussed it a little bit in our uh, 2023 re- uh, review episode, but uh, we also did a full review of it. If people want to go back in the archives and and uh, listen to that, but uh, it's one of those movies that, like I said, we 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 talk about uh, how how strong 2023 came out and. You know, February 3rd, I mean, it, one of the, you know, a top five movie for us of the year came out. And uh, it's one of those movies that, you know, it's been so long. I mean, I know it's only been a year, but you know what I mean? It's been a while now and it kind of, you know, slips your mind with everything, all the new stuff coming out. It's like, hey, you know, I really ought to do a rewatch of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, very good. Very good. And then uh, moving on up to the next day, February 4th, uh, a mere, you know, 40 years prior uh videodrome so mm-hmm. i have not seen videodrome but oh put it on the list here we go this is oh put it on videodrome will blow your mind it is a trippy ass freaky movie um dude oh i'm telling you you, you gotta you know it's it's 83 right take that into account for what it is but the concept is spectacular i love videodrome Put it on the list. I put it on the list. <laughs> I got it on the list, but I was going to, I was going to say, I do know that I do know of this movie. I know it's written and uh, yeah. directed by David Cronenberg, which yep. he, he's, he's kind of crazy in of himself. So <laughs> great movie. Great movie. Love that. So it's on the list. I'll have there to check go. it out. Um, need to start watching some of these movies before this list gets too long. <laughs> More on that to come and later in the true. episode yeah very true there you go but, all right last one for our upcoming movie anniversaries february 4th 2000 we have scream 3 um so of course you know this is not our favorite scream movie but it is a good scream movie nonetheless um you know you can't be a good old slasher and if it has a nev campbell courtney cox and david arquette and i'm gonna watch it so um very much a good movie. Only released a mere 24 years ago, so that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and better days for the Scream franchise. We just talked about all the turmoil now, and it's oh, it's long for the days of Scream 3. But no, no, it's a fun movie. Like we said, we, we've discussed the Scream franchise in the past. Uh, I, there's not a movie that I really hate in the franchise, right? It's just varying degrees of enjoy, but uh, enjoyment. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's not as good as one or two and whatever else, but it's it's still pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it, it, it's like it's not nearly as strong as a candidate for best screen movie as any of the other ones, but certainly not a bad movie. Mm-mm. All right. So, last but not least, or maybe least, uh, an upcoming release from Shutter, we have Dario Argento Panico coming to Shutter on February second, and it is a documentary about the Italian filmmaker. Now. I have talked. We talked a little bit about Dario Argento before, and, and mm-hmm. one of the things that he is known for is his pioneering of the giallo uh, genre, uh, which is sort of like a crime thriller type slasher esque 
genre, yellow, stuff like that. Um, I, I do not hate Dario Argento. His movies are just not for me. I, I've tried to watch some of them, and maybe I'm just not watching the right ones, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me too. Um, it's not that I hate them, and, and, I, and I can see why they're appreciated. It's just it's not it's not my my style of horror that really hooks me. Right. I mean, I can appreciate it and I can see why people do enjoy it. But it's like, eh, that's not what I look for. Um, I, But I do appreciate his his artistic eye. I do appreciate his filmmaking. Uh, I did read a little bit about this documentary. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool because uh, Dario is actually took part in it. Right. So he's he's in it a lot. So that, that you know, it's always good when you do a documentary and you have that that person actually, you know, take part in it and, and everything else. Um, Again, I. You know, I know lots of people like it, uh, and I hope people will go out and watch it. I'm, I'm not so sure that I'm just to be frank that a Dario Argento documentary is something that's high on my list to watch. Um, <laughs> but you know, no one, despite that, no one can uh, underestimate his impact on horror. And um, you know, if anybody wants to learn more about him, uh, maybe you haven't really tried his movies, right? Maybe you're not really that familiar with the style. Or what he does, this would probably be a good place to start, right? Watch watch the documentary, and then uh, it'll give you a sense, uh, I'm sure, uh, of what it's all about. So, yep, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so maybe I'll check that out. Maybe I won't. Well, I guess we'll see. But uh, I think that pretty much does it. I think that covers all of our anniversaries, birthdays, news, and upcoming releases. So this is the part where I, uh, you know, unsolicitedly tell you that you need to. Uh, subscribe to all of our social media platforms it's completely unsolicited but you're going to do it anyways so uh go ahead and do that make sure you are keeping up with us with all of our up-to-date uh releases and of course all the news that we post about uh you know throughout the week so when we come back after our brief break we are going to give you our spoiler free review of here for blood stick around listen to their screens is now a fangoria collaborator Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code LISTEN2SCREAMS at checkout. That is LISTEN, the number two, and SCREAMS. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back here on Listen to Their Screams. We are now going to talk about Here for Blood. and uh, we, we give the warnings all throughout about spoiler, 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 but we're not going to spoil anything on this movie. Uh, because this movie has not officially been released yet. It is coming out February 9th to Screenbox. It, the movie was written by James Roberts, directed by Daniel Torres, starring Sean Roberts, Maya Missile. Oh I'm going to butcher this name. Missile Javik <laughs> and Joel Ferro. Um, and uh, again, February 9th on Screenbox. Um, I didn't put the premise here, but the, 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 the premise is this guy, right? The guy, Tom O'Bannon, is a professional wrestler. Uh, his girlfriend, which is played by Joel, uh, Pharaoh uh, is a, a college student who is also a babysitter. She is supposed to babysit this girl, uh, but she also has exams coming up. So it's very hectic, very busy. She persuades her boyfriend, Tom, to take the babysitting gig on her behalf, watch the girl. And then, of course, chaos ensues uh, on that night. Um, all I can say, man, here, <laughs> here's my thing, man. I, I don't know. I'm telling you what. I, I don't know your feeling. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this movie was so damn fun. I I like goofy, cheesy, slasher-type films, and this movie just was right there for me. Uh, if you sprinkle in a little pinch of professional wrestling, damn, I, uh, you're just put icing on that cake for me. And, um, and, and, and we put this on social media, but I'm going to reiterate it here. The world needs more Tom O'Bannon. Tom O'Bannon was such a great character because he was your meathead professional wrestler, kind of alpha male type guy, but he did have this concerned soft side, right? He he did care about, you know, he loved his girlfriend. He cared about the little girl he was watching, but every obstacle in this movie, Tom O'Bannon was like, okay, I'm going to go fight this. I'm going to take care of this. And then we're going to do, it was so linear and matter of fact about stuff. I loved it. And, and everything else in uh, Sean Roberts did a great job. He, he, his character was so fun. Um, 
again, I will say the movie, you know, the movie, there was no big, there was no big surprises, right? I kind of saw what was happening a little bit with it. I kind of knew maybe who, what was going on, but, uh, you know, it did add a, you know, a little level, a little dimension to it, but that doesn't mean it was not enjoyable and it was not fun. If, if you like gore, this man, this movie's got it. There's, there's a, there's a shit ton of blood in this thing. And I'm all about that. And, um, Again, you know, it opened up with a wrestling match. That was fun. Um, I just thought, I mean, I thought the movie was just a great little watch. It, it wasn't too long. It was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, it, and it left me thinking, man, let's, let's see a little more, right? Let's, let's do something else with this. Cause I, that, that was a good time. Uh, Ike, what do you think? Yeah. So I agree with everything you said. Um, and, but I do have to make one small correction. This movie was, two hours long um but for for the first time really yeah but here's the thing to me it didn't feel like two hours i was having so much fun watching this movie i was laughing at everything that was happening i had no idea i i literally thought this movie was like an hour and a half because i didn't pay attention to the time it did not feel like two hours to me no well that's the thing is it didn't and and this is just proof that if you make a fun just just good movie and even if it's not the most expensive budgeted movie. It's just, it's just such a good time. And Back for Blood, or I'm sorry, Here for Blood, not Back for Blood. The next movie should be called. Ah, Blood. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, I, this shit just writes itself. Woo, there but, we are. But like, look, Sean Roberts, I, you know, and like, here's the thing, because he, like, I mentioned it last week, but he was, um, he played Albert Wesker in the Resident Evil uh, franchise movies uh, with Mila Jovovich, and in my opinion, he did a great job. Uh, the guy who plays Albert Wesker in the, the newest one, he's great too, but, oh man, I just, I just think that maybe I'm just a fanboy, but like, Sean Roberts is great. He was so good in this movie. I did not know he was that jacked. Like, oh, this, this, this dude it. is just beefed. I mean, and it's hilarious because the people, because, you know, the general premise, of course, is that the house is being attacked by people. And, like, I don't know, like, to me, <laughs> if I was one of the people who were attacking my house, I would see this guy and I'd just be like, look, this is not worth it. Clearly, this guy is just going to absolutely just, just, you know, he's just going to fuck me up. And, and I mean, that's exactly what happens. And it's just, just such a fun time. Very gory. It had some very interesting practical effects. Now, there, there were a couple times where like, you know, and this is not a spoiler, but heads would be removed and... Yeah, there were there were plenty of beheadings in the movie. There were, and every time it happens, it very comedically just spouts <laughs> blood, and like yeah. I'm just laughing because obviously it's done to be funny, like it's done to be humorous. Clearly, it's done to be humorous, and like there's one scene in particular where like it is just splattering this poor girl with blood, <laughs> and she is just screaming bloody murder, and Tom O'Bannon, Sean Roberts' character is just like well shit like he's just standing there just like oh man and it's just so funny because sean roberts plays it so like matter of factly and like he he definitely seems like a wrestler like a wrestler who's no selling the entire time and it's just so funny and he does such a good job and i would love to see him in more stuff i would love to see another movie off of this story like i think yeah I, i think it would work like and and of course the movie did end on a cliffhanger um and, and the only thing I can say is, feed me. That's absolutely right. Which obviously, again, which it's it's no, it's out there in the tagline. There's there is a severed head in this movie. Yes. Uh, and I'm this is not a spoiler because Screenbox, the producers themselves, have put this out there. A severed head, which is voiced by Twisted Sisters, D. Snyder. D. Snyder. Yep. Love and it, it. Uh, it is uh, this movie. I'm telling you, this. <laughs> It, this is okay. Why? This is not. This is not an like an Oscar award worthy type movie. No, no. If no. you're looking for that, no. I like good, fun, bloody, cheesy slasher movies, and this is what they gave. This movie made me feel like I was back in the '80s, written a video on the weekend, watching one of these movies. You know, with the lights off in my bedroom. That's the way it made me feel. It, that's the kind of joy it gave me. It was just a fun, fun movie, and. All again, coming out of it, all I can think is, man, this character Tom O'Bannon needs more. And 
I, I want, man, I want a Tom O'Bannon figure. I want this and that. I want more figure because movies, because this guy, this character was great. Yeah. It, it is, it is such an iconic, uh, horror movie character. And it was just everything about him, right? The, the, the humor was great in this, but it wasn't so shoved in your face to try to get a laugh. It was just natural. It was like when shit happens in real life and just comes up and it's like, you're in this really weird ass situation, but you still laugh. I mean, I've been in situations like that, right? Where there's situations where you should like be crying, but there's something that just catches you the right way. And you laugh at like what seems like the most inopportune time and you can't help it. That's what this was. There was, there was times, you know, where there were things that made you laugh when it feels like, Oh, you shouldn't be laughing at this point. And, um, everybody was great, man. The little, the little girl stole, I mean, she was great too. She was, she was, she was spectacular and, um, just, just absolutely. The, the cast was great from top to bottom. Uh, the effects were good enough, but where they had their shortcomings, it was, I mean, and it wasn't like it was bad, but it was just where, you know, where there was a little bit, it was, it was almost like that's okay because it's kind of a throwback and it was, it was, it, it made you, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. It made you cherish the movie a little bit or whatever you know, I'm trying to say. You know, it, it made it, uh, it felt like a, a just a good slash of it, right? And, 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 um, it was just fun. I, I mean, I cannot express how much I enjoyed this movie. We, we've, we reviewed a few movies so far this year. We've said nothing's really caught us. Nothing, you know, it's like, ah, yeah, some have been okay, but it's like, nothing's really just made me feel good. Man, this movie has, has revitalized me. And one of the things we discussed both in our 2023 review and our 2024 preview were shutter and stream box in the screen box in the streaming services and how man, they have put out so much good stuff. And here they are again, right? They have totally given me more, you know, revitalized my hope for 2024, made me remember that, Hey, you know what? Man, you don't have to go to a theater to see something that's really, really fun and good. And, um, man, this, I, I, again, I cannot, I can't express again. Let's be frank. Is it a spectacularly great movie? No, right. It is not that there's any big mind blowing twists or anything to this movie. Nah, it's actually, to be frank, it's a little predictable. That's okay. (laughs) though. You know, that's okay because that, that, that's not what drives this movie. Right. It's not the, it's not a twist or a turn or a cliffhanger or a surprise. It, that's not what drives the movie. It's it's the fun. It's the the kills, which is that's what drives a slasher movie. Right. That's in. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They, they they hit on home run. So, it, you know, again, I'm not saying this is anything groundbreaking. I'm not saying this is anything genre changing. Uh, but. This is a solid, solid entry into the slasher field. Yeah. That was so much fun. Um, just bravo. Bravo to everybody. Yeah. The one thing I want to add to this is that, I mean, and this is not, this is also not just your typical slasher. It, it does take the atypical approach of having, um, a male lead in a slasher. Um, yeah. especially as like the protagonist. Typ- typically, that's not the case. And typically, you know, the, the term final girl exists for a reason. Um, and it just happened to be that our final girl this time was Sean Roberts. So, <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I love it. I, I think that, you know, the only other thing I wanted to add to kind of what you were saying too is that, um, basically, I, you were, you were kind of honing in on this, I think, but I think that the thing this movie does the best is that where there are blemishes, where there are issues, where there are potential, um, what's the word for it where there are potential shortcomings shortcomings yep they're they're done charmingly they they are there you go yeah that's the word i was looking for there there is a charm to the shortcomings of this movie there's nothing in this movie that made me go what the fuck am i watching i for instance like the like we were talking a little bit no spoiler again the overabundance of blood when somebody got decapitated some people might see that as a shortcoming, that it's cheesy, it's low-cost, practical effects. I think it is very charming. I think it is hilarious. 
Um, and I think that it, it gives it that feel that like whoever made this movie, not only did they have fun making it, but they put a little love into it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and like, I, I would genuinely love to see like behind the scenes of this movie, like some commentary. I feel like that'd be really neat too, but I know that a lot of these streaming movies don't get that. That's a very antiquated thing from like the DVD age. Um, but I would love to see like a director commentary or like Sean Roberts doing some commentary on this. I feel like that'd be oh, pretty yeah. nifty. Or, or a gag reel. There's gotta be some oh, good. Oh, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. Which also, and, one of the things, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Apparently, I, I was looking at Sean Roberts' IMDb just because I look at people's IMDb's and he's Canadian, of course. Um, yeah, he's, he's from Ontario, Canada. Hey. But, <laughs> Canada. But he's also, he's been in Murdoch Mysteries. So, like, I'm absolutely convinced that every fucking Canadian actor has been in Murdoch Mysteries. <laughs> absolutely has to be. Because not a single Canadian actor that I have seen during the, this show, um, and a lot of them are from Supernatural, too. Don't, don't get me started uh-huh, on that. Uh-huh. There's a Supernatural Murdoch Mystery Pipeline for all Canadians, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, yeah, again, this was, this was a fun movie. This is, it was. And again, that's, that's my key word, right, man? I, I, you know what? I, it, yeah, is, is, is an elevated horror movie that's really crafty and creative. Is that, is that entertaining? Sure. Right. And, and when you can nail that, that's great. Right. But let's be real. When you're dealing with some of the, the, the premise of what horror movies contain, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to try to elevate that? Right. You have to accept. Yeah what your topic is and what it is, you know, and, um, and just have a good time with it and realize that the word believable in horror movies that, that does that, do they even go together? Right. Because most yeah. of what you're dealing with is not believable. And I'm not saying that you can't try to paint it in a way that seems quote unquote to be believable, but sometimes it's okay just to, to, to have fun. And, and some of the movies we've, we've knocked, right, for, 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 eh, they're not fun because they're so hokey. And this movie didn't feel hokey to me, right? It's like they, they knew what they were. They knew what the budget they had to work with is. They knew what the effects were going to be and how they were going to do them. They knew where the strengths lied. And they're like, okay, we've got these things. Let's just strap on and have a good time and, and do it. And, you know, and it, nothing felt forced, nothing felt hokey, nothing felt like it was shoved down your throat trying to make you believe. Again, I was completely surprised when you told me it was two hours. I, I, I had no idea because it did not feel that way. And this is completely a movie when it was done, when I got done, I thought, man, I will going to rewatch this again at some point. There's no doubt about it. It was a movie that when it was done, I thought, I want another movie. I want yep. to see where these characters go because I was already speculating my mind. What's going to happen to this character, right? What's going to happen to that one? Where, what are they going to do after that? I was already thinking about that, which makes me, you know, feel that, Hey, I want more. And, yeah. and I do. I hope they, 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 they dive back into this at some point. And, um, but man, it was such a good time. Um, and again, it was, it's been coming out of a cup and again, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but coming out of a, a few kind of ho-hum movies that really didn't yeah. floor me like I, I had hoped, this this was something that I really needed, man. I, I really needed something just to this – is, this is what I call a popcorn movie, right? This is the movie you would just sit back, you turn off the lights with a big bucket of popcorn, and you just have fun watching the movie. And uh, and, and again, if you're into slashers and, and that kind of thing, this this is this is right up your alley. And I can't recommend it enough. Uh, just, just bravo, bravo. And, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely now in love with the, the character Tom O'Bannon. I, I feel like <laughs> the world needs more in some capacity. And what's great, what's great is the Here for Blood Twitter account claims it says <laughs> it is conducted like it is ran by Tom O'Bannon. That is spectacular. <laughs> that is great. That is marketing 101 right there. That's beautiful. So, it really is. That's awesome. Yeah, that is good stuff. So, um, all right. Well then, uh, let's, let's rate this sucker. Uh, again, we, we do factor in, you know, the enjoyability, the fun, but we also do keep in mind 
Uh, is this a groundbreaking movie? Is this a, a you know anything trend setting, genre shaking? Right? Is this is this? And uh, we have said that right. As much fun as we did have with this movie, it's not really setting any new precedents. Right. Um. It, you know, I feel like it is a a good modern take on the slasher genre, uh, and what what you can do with that in this day and age. Um. So I, I'm going to give it a very solid three and a half out of five. Um, I just can't, I can't push it to four because we, the fours and above, we kind of, sh- you know, we kind of saved that for the movies that, like we said, are really doing something outside the box. And I can't say this is outside the box. This is very firmly in the box, but it's just doing it perfectly within the box. Um, three and a half though, that's, that's an understated rate, you know, rating for me because I love this movie. But I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. Like, what do you what are you saying? You know, I uh, like you said, I when I first watched this movie, it kind of honestly, I think it's because we haven't watched that many great movies. No offense to the movies we watched, but no, that, that we haven't really watched that many great movies so far this year. I immediately was like four, four, four. Mm-hmm. But you, you kind of have to bring yourself down a little bit and just realize like, yeah, it was really good. But like there there were some, you know, rough corners and things like that. And. You know, if I had to rate it based solely off of, you know, enjoyability, it would be a five, of course. Absolutely. But, no doubt. But you have to look at the other things. So three and a half out of five to me, it, it's not a middle of the road movie. It is above average. Um, three and a half is, is where I would put that. Yep. And I, again, I will say this. I know we are only coming out of the first month of the year. This is the movie of January for me so far. Uh, this is of the movies we've watched right now. If I had to say, okay, boom, what's your favorite movie of the year? I know it's only a month in, but as that five minutes answering rate today, it is here for blood. So there you go. Oh yeah. It is my favorite movie of January. So <laughs> I know I, we I got, a, <laughs> I, I know we've got a lot of big ones coming up and a lot of things, but I can say, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, when we have that discussion about our favorite movies of 2024, I mean, here for blood is going to be in that discussion. There's no matter what comes out because of how much fun I had watching it. It'll at least be mentioned in the, in the talks, whether it makes anything, who knows, who knows. But, uh, again, I, I cannot recommend this movie enough, uh, because it's just, it's God damn, it's just so much fun. It was so enjoyable. And, uh, again, very much what I needed to see at this time. Um, so, I, I could not be happier. Thank you, Screambox, for for coming through for us horror fans once again and yeah. uh, making me happy. So we've, we've rated this thing. Now let's look to next week. So, Ike, here's what we're going to do. We were looking at the calendar. Man, you know what? There really wasn't a new release to do for next week, right? So we kind of had we had options. And we know that you have this ever-growing to to watch list we just added another movie to it earlier and uh you know and we know let's be frank you have not been the most diligent about knocking films off this to watch list i have not to the point that you know what i have gotten some support on social media for people saying come on ike you need to watch so and so so we thought hey let's put ike let's back him into a corner let's make him (laughs) have to watch one of these movies, right? So, next episode, we're going to review a classic movie. And the movie that I have probably more than any other, I have tried to beat into you. You've got to watch it. 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 So, we can say, with no, absolutely zero uncertainty, that before next episode, Ike will watch and we will discuss and rate Silence of the Lambs. Yes, sir. We are, we're going to knock that off your list. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is going to be epic. This is yep. going to be great because this movie, I love, love this movie. And, um, I, I, I cannot wait to discuss it with you. I cannot wait to see what you think. Uh, I, I feel like you will like it, but who knows, right? We don't know. And, um, like we said earlier, uh, next episode, we're also going to debut a new weekly segment. And uh, we're going to give it a shot, see how it works, Ike. We, 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 we come up with these ideals, and um, so far we've been kind of lucky because when we put them in practice, they, they've gone well. 
They've worked for yeah. us. So we're going to come up. We've got a new segment that we've come up with that's going to be called. Uh, what do we what do we say is going to be called? Generational Generation gap? gap. Yeah. Generation like that. gap. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. Generation gap. And Ike, you were born in 1995, correct? I sure was. All right. So that's going to be bam. That's going to be the Mason Dixon line right there. That's going to be the equator. That's going to be center point for us. And what this is going to be, since I'm considerably older than you, and <laughs> my tendencies tend to lie in more classic horror, my, my favorite movies, or, or, or some more classics. And a lot of the movies that you really uh, toot the horn of and that you really praise, some of the movies you've really thrown out there during your horror hot takes have been newer movies, right? Newer horror movies. So what we thought is, hey, let's let's do something with this. So we're, we're, we're using the dividing line of 1995, which is the birth of Ike. And I am going to come up with a movie pre 1995 that I, that I like. I, not necessarily just a movie pre 1995. And then I will tell you what it is. And your challenge will be to come up with a counter movie post 1995 that you feel is very similar to that movie, but is better. And in the future, we'll also use this as a tool to to discuss remakes, right? Yeah. Because there's plenty of movies pre-1995 that have been remade post-1995. It's no question. No, no. Right? Just in our natural discussions, we've seen that, hey, a lot of those remakes you really like. Well, I tend the majority of the time, not necessarily all, but I, I tend to like the, the originals. So we'll use that as a discussion right as well. I'll discuss the, you know, I'll discuss the original versus the remake. I'm not saying that, uh, you know what, that necessarily you'll love the remake more than the original or vice versa for me, but we'll have a discussion. Right. Uh, but as a general rule, you're going to give me a counter movie to whatever I bring up pre 1995, a movie that is similar in, in, in vain, you know, topic, but that you feel is better. So. Are you feeling up to that challenge? I think I am. I think I am. All right. Well, then we will debut that segment next episode. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully it goes well. Uh, I, I feel like it will at least spawn an interesting discussion. So a, a good compare and contrast. So, and, and that's what it's all about, right? It's all about the discussion. And you know what? No one's insulting anybody's opinions or tastes here, but uh, it's just a uh, just a discussion. So we'll see how it goes. But anyway, so, man, we're we're doing a lot here next episode. We're. We're debuting the new segment. We're finally going to hear Ike's reaction to Silence of the Lambs. This is a historic moment in the podcast right here. I mean, this is <laughs> I, this is intimidating. Um, I, I'm going to have to have a, a new flag to wave after this because you'll have seen this one. So I'll have to see what the next movie that I really plugged is. But uh, there's plenty on your list. We'll, we'll, we'll get to more. So, I was going to say, I, I have plenty on there. No worries. <laughs> that's right. So that is what's coming next episode. So. That's coming next week. But until then, like anything you want to throw in before we close this one out. Feed me. Feed me <laughs> rolls. That's what I got to say. Oh, we didn't finish your meal, did we? Oh, we didn't yeah. finish my meal. We, uh, uh, well, what did they eat in, uh, in uh, Back for Blood? They ate pizza. So there you go. Pizza, rolls. Pizza. There was pizza. And, and, again, it, and again, it's here for blood, not Back for Blood. You, you keep trying to pitch that sequel before it's even timed. <laughs> I was like, I were, I'm, I'm like, and there actually might be like a game called Back for Blood. Actually, Maybe. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there is. <laughs> so there you go. You know, there, there's pizza. That's kind of the all-encompassing meal, right? You don't really need sides with pizza. So, so Ike's meal is some reason, <laughs> some reason he's having rolls with his pizza. <laughs> but hell yeah, Ike's, good lord, it's a lot of carbs. Ike's having rolls with his pizza and banana cake for dessert, courtesy of Dolly Parton. <laughs> actually you know what weirdly enough weirdly enough there is a video game called back for blood and guess who voices a character in it <laughs> who barbara crampton there you go love me there, some barbara crampton there as uh, you were just talking about a movie you watched with barbara crampton in it mm -hmm. uh, yeah so, uh, suitable flesh suitable flesh so yeah. there's a crossover there. Apparently, I, I have Back for Blood on the brain. So it is a video game, and Barbara Crampton voices somebody in it. Weird small world, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. Wow. So uh, anyway, uh, I, I have to say, hopefully, I mean, I'm glad you're not really having 
the the rolls, the pizza, and the cake because with that many carbs, you probably wouldn't wake up in time to record the next episode. No, I'd be so. asleep for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that that's coma inducing carb load there. True. That's like Michael Scott carb loading prior to the marathon. You know, he, <laughs> eating the fettuccine or whatever it was. So. Yeah, I think it was fettuccine or when he eats the, the freaking uh, pot pie for lunch and just falls asleep <laughs> for four hours. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, there you go. So until next week, when again, we're debuting a new segment called Generation Gap. And we're going to finally be reviewing Silence of the Lambs. Ike will get to check that off his list. But until then, make sure you follow us on social media. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for your listenership. Thank you for your support. And until next week, hey, first of all, we need more Tom O'Bannon. So there's that. But until then, wherever you go, whatever you do, be good, be safe, and always have many pleasant nightmares.